1: From the Cast and Crank Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Phoenix Rods. Today we have Evan Salve. Uh, this is from the PCS show. We did a we did like I was like about an hour, I think. Great episode. We kind of catch up with him, see what he's doing. He bring his boy on Wayne. I don't know his uh, Instagram. Cool dude, amazing. It was a really good episode. So you guys get to hear like some insider stuff. Uh, thank you again, Evan, as always, for coming on and uh, being a big supporter of the podcast. Thank you, Evan. Um next month. Okay, so the rest of this month, so if you guys are hearing this, it is UFO. You get the you get the gill and you get this the uh glide. And you also get from Save on Tackle, you'll get a um Corrado two or three hundred on both tiers. So three hundred on the uh tier one and two, three hundred on um tier three. And then you get the uh, gill on tier one and two and you get the glide on three. So if you guys haven't signed up yet, you have the chance to sign up tomorrow. I'm doing this on Sunday, so it's going to be tomorrow um, to sign up for the Patreon. So there, there's three different tiers. And I've said this over and over and over. You get the five, you get the 15, you got the 25, five gives you the entrance into the sponsorship of the Patreon. You get a You get a prize if you enter that one. Uh, the 15 gives you uh, two videos and the live podcast. We didn't set it up this month, so I'm going to give you two next month if you sign up for the 15. You have two live podcasts, so that means you'll get a live podcast where you can interact with it. The... Interact. Interact. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, this is what's happening. Can you hear, can you hear this? That's why I'm, I'm talking like this. <laughs> so um, 15 gives you where you can interact with the guest, so there'll be like a YouTube feed or like a bud sprout like uh, I'm sorry, not butt sprout sprout video like I do the uh, third tier but I'll talk about that later um, you'll be able to interact with the guest and ask questions and then the third tier gives you four videos as well as your own raffle so you get your own raffle which is the glide and the Corrado 300 and that's the only group in that so like whoever signed up for the third tier say there's you know 10 15 20 people signed up you get better odds so it gives you better odds if you sign for the bigger tier. But you get the four breakdown videos. Next month is Kelly Pupo. Uh, we did an amazing podcast. It's like two and a half hours long. And he gave us a breakdown on four different styles of fishing. So uh, sign up for that one for next month. It's amazing. Sign up this month. I appreciate it. Anything you guys could do is greatly appreciated. Um, sorry. Gas. The Viking made a. Last night she made uh, Mediterranean food and it, it fucked me up, it fucked Kelly up. We yeah, it was it was a good one. But we got some great guests this month, so uh, keep an ear out for uh, Moroku Bibate's Is uh, he works with Matt Pano? They're coming on together because he's Japanese and he's from Japan, so it'll be a really cool episode to hear the crossover from Japan to to America and the styles he had to change up to kind of fish here. We also have Jim Mason, what he's an OG Casitas guy. The Big Bay thing was going on; he was kind of like the first guy to do it. And we have Swim Bay reviews, so ton of stuff. Give us a five star review on iTunes, and thank you guys for Today we have Captain Evan Selvey, number gosh four. You've been uh, Evan's been a huge supporter. Of this podcast from the beginning, he did his first episode, gosh, like three years ago, and uh, I appreciate everything you 've done, mevin. I know it seems like and a lot of goes good oh I just come talk no it's helped made this podcast grow, grab traction salt water everything you've been honest you 've always came on and said your peace of mind, and that 's one thing I really do appreciate
2: well I, th- I think that you're the, the the only route for people to kind of have uh, a little bit of self reflection and, and kind of a uh, a voice that uh, can be you know, used in a way that you don't always have outlets for in other media, you know, places in the sport fishing industry. So actually, I think that it's really cool. I was actually telling you when we sat down, it's so amazing. <laughs> to sit here and to see the growth like even your studio and the presentation and the frankly the technology and I don't know a lot about podcasting but I imagine that there's been at least a little bit of uh, advancement oh, yeah. in, in everything from <laughs> the mics to the systems. I mean you and were everything. here
1: when we had the shit mics that are like I got the Joe Rogan specials now and it's oh, like no. oh man but you were here, you've been here since the beginning so it's you, been cool.
2: You're, you're backlit in pink. It's actually <laughs> beautiful. It's I, a you've Margaret never had so much beauty coming from behind you. So I think do you, the you want to hear the
1: backstory on that? Yeah sure. So uh, we did the th- 300th episode, yeah. or the 200th, with uh, it was Bobby Martinez, Garrett Chin, Eric Lanisfine, Jimmy Decker, and Matt Koch. And we call it the Margarita Mutilator. Yeah. Because none of them could say it because they were so drunk.
2: <laughs> well, I, I always think that, you know, coming to, to, to podcast with you, you make a choice. You say, okay, I'm going to like, I'm in a pregame one beer, or I'm going to sit here and like drink, you know, progressively over the course of three <laughs> or four hours, or you're just going to mutilate your liver, uh, i.e. I- the, the, the lettering behind you. And I mean, there's different scales to that scenario. I think today I'm drinking a water just for my own benefit. You're very
1: professional here. Today, I'm, uh,
2: today I'm, I'm, I, I want to exude professionalism. <laughs> there you go. That's always my goal, Nick, is, <laughs> is professionalism. And we are in a public setting. And it's and frankly, I get a lot of anxiety at fishing shows because there's so many people here. And I've been in Mexico, and I've been out and about in, in much more... Uh, Uh, small town environments. And I wouldn't consider Cabo San Lucas necessarily to be a a totally small town environment, but I do exist maybe in a realm of that region that would be considered more small town. So this is the most sport fishing interaction I've had in months. So, you know, I think we we need to put up a curtain for my own sanity. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) The other thing too
1: is people go like, you always say like people go, oh, the dude's super well-spoken. What does that mean? You say about a lot of guys, I'm like, when you're well-spoken, that means you can talk. So like, you know, you get guys on and it's nothing against them. Like you turn it, you know how to turn it on. You're very well spoken, dude, because you know how to like actually turn it on and go, hey, I'm going to talk, I'm going to explain to you how this all breaks down, you know, stuff like that. Can you give me one too, babe?
2: Well, I I think the biggest one of the biggest problems that I I always feel like I encounter personally, whenever you want to interact with any facet of of sport fishing media is if you want to explain something and you want to tell a story or you want to go in depth on a certain topic, uh, it's like, well, do you necessarily have the means to, to speak about something for 20 or 30 minutes to, to fully flesh it out, you know? And that's that's kind of the challenge that you're going to see anywhere. Can I fully flesh out a concept or ideal uh, w- without feeling that you're running into a time wall or, or, or somebody's kind of like nudging you on the shoulder saying, hey, we got to move on to something else. So be, we're always able to sit down, and I know that our conversations stretch into the hours, and but but in, but in a way it actually allows you to flesh things out, and a lot of that fleshing out might be the conversation you're kind of having with yourself as you have the conversation. Like, okay, now I'm thinking as I talk, and now I'm actually actionably fleshing this out as we conversate, yeah, and no, I'm learning I, more about my own perspective as we do it, you know? And
1: that's, some, I guess it's like, it's a form of therapy sometimes, and I've I've stopped podcasts in the middle and go, dude, what we're talking about is like what I'm dealing with right now. Oh, yeah. And they'll talk about like some anxiety, I'm have anxiety my whole life, you know, and I kind of kicked in and like 10 years ago, and I take Lexapro, and... You know and i'm off it sometimes and i could tell oh something's wrong nick you're being a dumb shit. you know like and so it's like we talk i mean it, it's it's a little bit of everything and you know like sometimes i go I, i'm like man i don't really feel like podcasting and then i do it and i'm like fuck, i'm so happy i did that it was fun i learned something new i met a new dude that did something really cool so sometimes it's like even you you'll voice your opinion and you'll change my mind on stuff. I'll be like, fuck, I didn't think that way. That's a great idea. Well, you know? well let
2: me ask you this. Uh, as, as we sit here and and as we're about to obviously go into topics and start fleshing things out. And as I, I sit in the, uh, the grail of your accomplishment, <laughs> which is this beautiful studio. I guess the question is how are you nick how is everything because I, I haven't talked to you in like what a year it's been a little while so. we talked
1: off and on i think yeah. almost like i've like, talked to you but not yeah, on yeah, air. yeah i don't think we talked no on it's air. been a good good year. COVID yeah. was going pretty hard crazy right you did the flyer video for me which i appreciate yeah um good i think i i think i'm i'm pushing the limit right now yeah I, i've said it earlier i think I'm, I'm at the brim i'm like okay dude you're doing a lot of things i don't get to fish as much which is a big thing um i guess Getting making sure I family, fishing and the podcast and work. So I do a full time job. People some people don't know that. Yeah, I have a full time job as well. This is like a hobby. Yeah. A a hobby that does make a little money, but I mean not a job.
0: You know what I'm saying? So so
1: it's hard to like you know like what I tell people, you want to put the best thing you can out. You Mm want to do the best you can. You wanna talk, say the best thing you can about that. That's how I am. So if I can't do the best, I don't want to do it.
2: Well I think that, you know, when I when I come in here, I always kind of have the same thought, which is within the realm of sport fishing media, right? And it's a very, a very broad brush. You have people who do YouTube, you have people yeah. who are Instagrammers and TikTokers, and you have, you know, you people who do network television, uh, podcasting, radio. I, I actually firmly absolutely believe that what you have here is functionally very unique. I think that there's nobody else who has these kind of conversations. And I understand that that w- w- when the industry might might look at this and take stock of what you do here, some people in the industry might not always agree with what's said, some people might not always agree with maybe something that you say or your guests say, but I absolutely believe that without this, especially having already seen it and heard it and, and touched it in a sense, there would be a very big void if you were not to provide this service because what you've done through your hundreds of podcasts is mm-hmm. give hundreds of people uh, voices essentially, public voices and a chance to to express their story uh, both on an industrial level within the industry itself but also on a personal level and traditionally the sport fishing industry in the sport fishing world has really struggled to give voices to people who don't lobby heavily for their voice to be heard. In other words, you have to sit here and you have to lobby yourself and promote yourself pretty extensively to be given a platform. Yes. But I, and it was interesting because I was listening to a couple of your podcasts uh, actually on the plane the other day I was uh, traveling somewhere for work and. And I was like, well, you know, what's interesting about this is you actually have no qualms about bringing somebody on who might not be like the most well-known person. I'm not talking about some A-plus grade influencer who everybody falls and everybody's yeah, had a chance yeah. to flesh out their opinions. No, you actually give people, as much as you give an established voice, a chance to, to continue to, to express themselves and, 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 and maybe, you know, write a new chapter in their story. You definitely give other people their first chapter. And that is super critical as well so um, but i that's think it's that's so the important thing
1: that's missing is like i feel like i'm gonna interview a guy if he's interesting because there's dudes that fish that maybe don't have any type of following or anything but they're they're they can speak well they're very good at what they do um you don't need to have this crazy social media platform to, to, to you know to follow it's just they're cool guys the cool thing that you did and i think this is where you talk about opening up uh the platform is like you voiced when you first came on you said hey man when I got into this, you got into this when the whole social media thing hit. You know, YouTube hit for you. All your videos, like everyone, anyone that's Googled Calico Bass Fishing, your videos yeah. came up. So you're like, yeah, I wasn't accepted, dude. Like, it wasn't like a thing where it was like, and some people might not have thought they did something wrong, and they did, and they go, hey, man, I'm sorry I was an asshole. Or, you know, like, and it happens. And for you to open up like that, I mean, that's the the, the conversations I love is going like, you know the grass isn't what it isn't what you think Man. you might see these pictures but there's other struggles in the background
2: oh yeah i mean i think that's that's always one of one of the the most profound issues in life is is always trying to to, to look through somebody else's eyes and you're never really able to do that as much as you know people strive for empathy uh, and, and strive for the ability to, to really relate uh, you will never really ever experience life through any lens other than your own functionally you never really will I mean I'm going to experience life through my own eyes and through my own you know brainwaves, and that's just how it's going to be yeah. um, so we do our best sometimes it, it's, it's okay but public perception also ebbs and flows and that's the thing like popularity um, you know y- y- your role in your place within any circle is going to ebb and flow over time and it's like okay ten years ago this is the role that I played within the industry five years ago uh, it was different and now today it's different and that's and that's just part of life and that's so so very much part of any industry you're in you'll always look at relevance and how it how it can rise and how it can fade Uh, and I think You know, for me at this point in my life, the question it is, it's not always relevance uh, uh, as much as it is just a a personal state of of happiness and acceptance with my own journey. And and that's that's why I think it's also interesting because I can, I'm not maybe the most active person on social media anymore. Sometimes I'll share something maybe through, you know, our team page, the Stella June page or something that I think is interesting. Uh, But being able to come in here and check in with you once a year allows me to, you know, at least communicate maybe you know, some of my evolution within the industry without me feeling the, the everyday burden of having to communicate that consistently as say an active influencer. And that's something that I very much don't really want to be right now as an everyday influencer. I'd rather have a more measured outlook on, 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 on influence and, 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 and be able to, to maybe speak when, when my voice might be appreciated, to maybe share some things, uh, you know, that, that I think are important sometimes. And I and I'd love to actually speak with you about it because I, I appreciate the candor of this of this environment, and frankly, I appreciate you. So it's it's so cool to come in for like my, my once my once yearly check in with, the, uh, with the session with, with my with therapy session <laughs> with, with Papa Nick. It's great.
1: Let me. I'm sorry, my kid keeps calling. No, me. no, I take apologize.
2: It. Go back in your underground. <laughs> yeah, you
1: look, he's gonna hurt me. It's a meeting. All the and this is another thing is meeting oh, these the, people. The, the is swim
2: made like, mafia came by. They dude, want their payment.
1: <laughs> um, but back to the sponsorship, yeah. you're here to talk about something where I had Ryan on and that episode I was like, dork the fuck out. Yeah. He does so much like a uh, boat building, talked about the California fly- Flyer, like what you're here to kind of yeah. talk about yeah. as well. Um, break it down a little and talk about how you use it. Also, uh, like I'm going to have jazz on soon yeah. as well, but it's something different and I'm already seeing people rip it off.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, you know what I'm, I'm like, already, really? It's crazy to yeah. me. I mean, listen. <laughs> oh, Jesus. You know, you sit here and you, you, you have a conversation about, like, the ripoffs. And it's like, well, uh, the, the, the good thing is, uh, I don't think the industry really heeds too much attention to, to, to the ripoffs. Because I think it's, it's very apparent, you know, what concept w- won the battle, so to speak, yes. to deliver, you know, the first true California flyer product to the market. And that is... Uh, the California Flyer, the the namesake itself. Uh, It is the original bait, and yeah, there's some people who will will float around and, and claim to have conceptually come up with the idea before, but it's like, well, execution's everything, and the first one to market is the first one to market, and I'm glad that you might have been thinking about it in your head for the last few years, uh, but you did not deliver. Uh, the person who delivered was Jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, when Jazz and I, I guess a couple years ago now, when we we, we, we had talked about the bait for a while, and you know, Jazz is a really talented, you know, he's, he's always been a, a, a bait maker. A, yeah, he's he's a, an he's old a, friend of mine. We used to fish tournaments together. He's a Calico together. guy as well, right? Cal- yeah, we, yeah. We, won our, we won a tournament together years ago, a, a, a West tournament back when there was the West series uh jazz and i go way back he's one of my you know oldest fishing friends and he'd always made baits he had a company called rogue lures before uh that made like swim baits and swim bait heads and and that was um, maybe almost 10 years ago okay um but uh you know if anybody was going to do it was him he had been fishing with us he's an avid bluefin guys you know fished in our stella june program he fished on other programs uh pretty experienced saltwater guy who's been a part of that 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 landscape you know since in- inception um so uh it was great, you know, we, we we got a bait and 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 molded it and I still remember uh you know the first day that we, we actually flew the bait and he brought over this bait uh and we and we took uh my my, my old maritime skiff, my old my old skiff out and we were in the harbor and we, we put the kite up in, 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 in Huntington Harbor <laughs> and we had the bait in the harbor, like scooting along and it's like we were looking at it, it's like, well that's that's pretty fantastic and this is rendition one, you know, this is Early in the early in the in the process of perfecting the bait, but the concept was proven right off the bat. From the first time that we flew the bait, the first time that it hit the water, and we actually put it behind the boat, it was like a very acute understanding that this thing is going to get bit. This bait is going to get detonated because it was too good. It was too good, frankly, too good. Um, and then uh, you know we took the the prototypes out in the first couple trips, and you know the first fish that was caught on that bait was. Uh, it was like a 220-pound oh bluefin that we caught dude. on on our sea on our Stella June, and I remember it clear as day. We were, I was in the tower, Jazz was on deck, and we had a little sonar school, and we slapped the sonar school, uh, and we made a turn on it, and we we skittered the bait off the corner, and the thing went right over what, where that fish was and got detonated, came tight in Jazz's hands, and you know and that was history. That was that, and it was just like that was it was so immediate. The effectiveness was so absolute there was never any question and there was really never any question that it would get bit but the absolute nature of it getting bit uh exactly true to form in the way that we envisioned it and, and how we envisioned that bait was always to be a bridge between like the stationary dead flyer and then the ultra fast you know yummy I mean, flyer yeah, right yeah, yeah. so this is the bridge that allows you to both cover water have a durable photorealistic presentation um and something that will, frankly, allow you to save a bunch of money and you don't have to feel like you're Dude, buying
1: the replacement oh. parts on it. I'm like, that is such a great, it's idea, critical. you know,
2: it's critical that bait will last forever. I that have caught 20, 30 fish on them, and it's so, and, and obviously as any small business and for jazz, you know, building that business out, he's a, he's a small business. This is a, a hand poured in his warehouse, in his, you know, in his space, his creative space. He's making these baits individually. So I mean. He, this isn't an example of, of a company like you know one of the I name names but yeah. one of the big name brands one of the big lure manufacturers coming in and just kind of throwing something on market in every big five and and sporting goods store in, in in the country no this is somebody who truly and utterly built a a, a brand in a lure from the ground up and it's been really cool to be a part of it uh, you know myself and in jazz and his other pro staffers like Ryan and guys who have you know, been instrumental in both testing the lure yes. and um, and fishing the lure. Um, he deserves all the praise he's got, gotten. He deserves the attention the bait's getting. The bait uh, is absolutely a replacement for a dead flyer in a lot of circumstances. There's circumstances where that bait is going to be able to do things that just just so much better than any other option that there's just no reason any put any other option out. I mean, it has such a defined place on any professional or recreational operations, you know, list of, of go-to
1: options. I mean, it's fantastic, so. But it's a tool, like, you know, like when people talk about tools, like yeah. you use that as, there's probably a time where a dead is not gonna work, like you said, and yeah. uh, you gotta throw that out. It might be a different way you're gonna fish it, like a you, you, little faster, a little yeah. slower, whatever it is, right? Yeah. Well, we fish, I mean, at this point, the way we fish
2: bluefin is so directed and so de- defined, right? So, I mean, we're, we're really only putting things out uh, over over absolute signal, right? So I know there's fish here. Mm-hmm. And, and the way we've built our program out and, and a lot of what I do now is actually I mean, we're designing uh, sport fishing uh, programs but when it comes to the boat side is we're building these boats to be very yeah. specific machines for very specific circumstances. We build our live bait boats for fishing tournaments in Mexico. We have our, our bluefin operation up here so we have our bluefin boats that are tuned for that fishery and like for example, like on, on our Freeman that, which is a boat that we added to the fleet this year, we have like an omni-sonar in it. And an omni-sonar is a $100,000 piece of equipment. Yeah. It's an omnidirectional sonar, which basically pulses, uh, instead of like a, a CH500, which is the sonar that we have on our Sea Honor, which is uh, a searchlight sonar. So it has, it's, it basically, it's like a searchlight. It goes da 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 and it's sending a beam out in kind of a searchlight pattern. Who
1: are you working with to like do, like I mean, we even with, like when I saw you at Huntington Harbor yeah. and I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? This boat's wild. Yeah. And you're like, hey, Nick. And I'm like, who the fuck is this? And it was you, I'm like, oh yeah. shit, Evan. Yeah. And I saw that tube thing. I've never seen anything like that.
2: Yeah. No, so you know what I'm saying? I mean, we, we, we work with a variety of people all throughout throughout the country. Um, like we have, uh, you know, great connections with my, my buddy Mike and Mark up in Channel Islands at Channel Coast Marine. Uh, those guys have done some great work for us. We have good connections. You know, we did a lot of that Rybovich project on the on the East Coast, at, or a lot of that um, Freeman project at the Rybovich yard in, in Palm Beach, Florida, working with OME, Offshore Marine Electronics, and a few other vendors to really do some things that have never, have been done very limited or not at all, like building the, the, the Omni system into a boat required its own separate lithium battery bank and a bunch of things that are, you know, pretty heavy technically and, and quite expensive to do. But, we spent, you know, time doing it because we wanted to build a boat that could do very, very specific, technique-specific things. Uh, which, in the case of, say, fishing bluefin tuna, um, going back to what I was saying, it gives you that that absolute certainty as to, to how and when and where you want to deploy your presentation. And in competitively and professionally, uh, it's absolutely critical to control that chain of information around you. So, when 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 we're fishing bluefin now, I mean, basically, we're looking, we're looking, we're looking. We find. excuse me we find what we're looking for and we deploy on that and like the California fire for example is fantastic in that role because it's so durable and so um, so easy to kind of put in and out of the water that I know that I can search 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 for that thing in the air basically deliver it at an exact degree and speed that I want to deliver it on a spot that that we know with absolution exists right here so it's, it's a
1: time-saving tool it's as well, It's a time-saving
2: right? tool, but it's, it's, it's the perfect bite starter. So if, if, if the objective is for me to look, 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 find exactly what I want, put a bait directly over it, and initiate like a drift or initiate a bite sequence, that bait is absolutely perfect for it. Now, once I get tight, maybe the fish start to cycle around the boat. Now we're sending dead flyers. Now we're sending live flyers. Now we're deploying the complete program. But that is the fire starter, so to speak, uh, that we love to use every single day, day in, day out. And then some days it's the primary starter, and or sometimes it's the kindling that you use all day. Sometimes it's the fire starter that leads into that multi-dimensional bite where you're getting bit on a dead flyer and a live flyer. But you know, ultimately, it's it's
1: irreplaceable and indispensable. But the cool thing is, is like it works <laughs> like as a piece in the whole game. Like you're probably like, hey, I'm gonna throw that out. Find the bite. Yeah. Then you'll throw. A dead fly out or whatever it's you the know, queen like on the chessboard. it can go every yeah, direction yeah, that's what does that's, that's you know what i mean that's we what's have so things cool that about are it.
2: like can only go forward or side or that. that is the queen that we can use in any way we want i can drift it i can i can fish it fast i can fish it slow it goes left and right and up and down it is the queen on the chessboard, it's <laughs> indispensable. Without that, you lose your chess playbook. We don't lose it, but without that now, now knowing what we know now, would you ever want to leave without one? Absolutely not, no. you know?
1: What's the, uh, uh, like, uh, what kind of, are you using the same gear? Are you using something a little yeah. different?
2: I mean, we, we rely on, we rely on like uh, Talica 50s, Talica 25s, those kind of things um, with, with rail rods, you know, Seeker OSP rail rods for the most part. Uh, like 100 pound Spectra, 130 on the heavy end. Seems to be perfectly acceptable and fine for what we're doing. Um, you know, our objective with our program, Nick, is always to to, to have a crew of guys that can offer, operate more or less self-sufficiently, right? So, so like from from a competitive standpoint, or or, or, or just from a recreational or commercial standpoint, right? Uh, we want to be able to say that we got you know three, four, five anglers, and everybody can basically rig a bait, put it in a clip, deploy it from the kite. Um, let the kite reel out while simultaneously holding the rod and deploy the an entire system by themselves. That's the objective that, that we work around. Um, so, you know, we, we, we have the tools, both of the rods, the reels, the California Fire, the whole nine yards kind of plays into this concept of, of just absolute individual angler effectiveness. Um, you know, and that, and, that, and that is what we kind of build the, 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 the personnel aspect of our, our program around. And then you factor in the, the greatness that is the California Fire. <laughs> and then you factor in you know, the, the, the machines that we build to, to, to do very directed things, and I feel like it's very complete. And that's been my goal right now, is to, to be a part of complete pro- program building. And whether that means working with somebody like Jazz uh, to help him, you know, develop Allure and to be a tester for him and, and, and to help show the effectiveness of his product and his brand, or that means partnering up with a boat manufacturer or a technology provider within the industry to try new technologies and see if you can build a program around it. That is, that is the ultimate goal. That is my passion at this point in my career, right? That's where I find myself. That's my relationship to the industry. Uh, and that's also my relationship that I have professionally to my boss. And that is my full-time job uh, within the Stella June fishing team as we, 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 we pull all these different elements together to, to program build. So. What, uh, what's the new boat? Oh man, we got new boats coming through the years. Uh, so we have the the, the Freeman Forty Two just showed up back here in California. That's our year old boat. We have the the C One Forty Five, the first Stella June, That's in Cabo right now. I have I have my boat. I have a thirty foot center console. That's actually in Cabo right now because I've been fishing down there. And then we have a Forty Six Jared Bay that we just closed on in Florida, which I'm flying out to on Monday.
1: You're fishing. You're fishing Florida now. A no, little? no,
2: that boat's gonna go straight to Cabo. So that's okay. gonna cycle into our Cabo program. Um, and I got to go to Florida because we're going to do a little yard period out there, and we have basically we're going to build our, uh, you know, not our signature bait systems, but our, you know, the, the, the bait systems that that that, that we've kind of designed to work for us. We're going to build that into that boat. Is we're that gonna, only
1: your your design? So like, I you, mean, no everybody
2: has the stuff they do. I mean, we work with our partners in Florida. We have we work with our friends at Hooker Electric, and just kind of with our within our own program, we we work on something that works for us which is maybe similar but not it's not absolutely unique i mean there's other captains who have similar programs that work for them i think one thing that we have been on the cutting edge of is developing these programs for small to mid-sized boats right mm-hmm. because on the grand scheme of things our boats are small to mid-sized boats so what we're doing right now is we're packing big boat systems into small boats uh, and we're utilizing technology that is available to us and you know a good open budget to do that uh, so so we're doing a lot of the r d first say building out a center console to have the capabilities of a 75 foot sport fish
1: that's the stuff you're doing is yeah. like people probably dream of like being able to like design because it's like a lot of people have great ideas but you just can't you know uh, execute them the yeah. way you'd like to and it's like you've had so much experience and this is another thing we talk about time on the water like yeah. um, I had Seth nicewanger on and, I swung around, and we we're mm-hmm. talking and he won't let me release a podcast because he ran his mouth and we had fun and he's a buddy yeah and he's like you know people go time on the water and they go hey man you don't you might not know as much as this guy well Seth's young he's 24 yeah he uh but he has an age that's way different for fishing because i'm not on the water say you know like twice twice a month three times a month Seth's on the water four days a week or three days a week totally his age is going to be way more than a dude that's 45, or, you know, a guy, how old are you right now, Evan? Yeah, I'm, I'm 30. I just turned 30 crazy. <laughs> dude, happy birthday. When was uh, your birthday? Oh, no, it was in October. <laughs> you're be 31 now, dude. I'll be
2: 31 almost. Yeah, I'm like, I'm halfway to the first year of my 30s. <laughs> but yeah.
1: you know what I'm saying? Time on the water is a whole other thing. Yeah. And we had a, a conversation you're, you're about fi- that. Your fishing age. You're, yes. Yeah. And that it's could be, you could be very old in your fishing age. And even just, like, all the knowledge you have, yeah. like, making all this, the bait system stuff, all the, you know... A lot of different things you had your hands in, and you've done it all. Well, That's I'm, a crazy thing.
2: I would say, you know, at the same time, I sit here and, and I'm working on building these things through my understanding of it, and, and I'm surrounded by people professionally in my circle who have been doing this for, for decades and decades and decades. And I'm not professing to in any way know more than, than a lot of the people that I look up to, captains and industry guys, who have also been designing very cool bait systems and very cool electronic systems and some of the guys who really pioneered these things. Uh, I think that, that right now, uh, I have a niche that, that, that we kind of have within our program that, that works well for us. And I am proud and appreciative uh, of the opportunity that, that my boss, Ivan has provided myself and the crew to benefit him and to work with him and, and to, 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 to work. With his talent set, which is, and 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 if you ever have a chance to talk to him, you'll you'll understand. I mean, my boss is a creative genius. He's a mechan- You know, he's a, oh, he's, a yeah, he's a genius. Course, the yeah. guy's mechanically a genius as well. Um, but and he
1: grew up in Whittier, like me. So. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's even cooler.
2: He's exceptionally <laughs> exceptionally successful, more so than I could ever dream <laughs> to be, within c- certain areas of this realm. But he he has provided me an opportunity to learn, and 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 try to develop something. And we've made our mistakes, obviously, and we've had our learning experiences through through all this. But I am really proud of the framework that we've put together that now we get to start really applying to, um, to these boats that we build, and then we kind of give them the treatment, and now they serve a purpose. And every boat's just a little better, a little better, and, and it's just it's it's fun. I would say I'm as passionate about, about that aspect of what I do as I am some of the fishing elements. You know, yes. I mean, I've fished a lot in my life, and I love fishing. I absolutely love it but I love driving boats and I love boats and I love like that element of two, like essentially performance tuning boats is super fun. And that's been the educational aspects of, of this industry that I've been enjoying the most, right? So, so a lot of the fishing development and fishing growth I had, you know, it's it's, it's a steady progressive thing, but I've uh, that's happened, a lot of that happened over the course of 10, maybe 10 years ago, you had big progression, big leaps in progression. Where, where you were just turning pages rapidly and you were just downloading all kinds of new and great information yes, yes. and you felt like, oh my God, I've made all this great progression and growth. And, and, and you'll go through like spurts of progression and growth where you really feel like you've reached the next step of your understanding, your, your, your next step of, of awareness and understanding of what you're doing. And what's exciting for me now is I feel like I'm doing that um, with a different, different aspect of the industry, like more the, the, the actual moating and, and, and boat building side of it. Um, so it's been fun to, to feel like you're learning a lot about that um, you know now and, and, and it's been a great layer of information for me professionally as a captain and as a sport fishing professional. So it's been very gratifying. How what are you doing down in Cabo? Like you have been so you stayed a
1: lot down there. I am mean, down there lot.
2: I'm down there a lot. I'm in I'm in Cabo, I'm here, I'm kinda all over. I'm in Florida a bunch. Um,
1: you wanna know what I'm doing right now? I'm raising chickens. Hey. Do you want to talk to the chicken master? Uh, are you the chicken daddy? I had, I had, um, I think 12 chickens. You know
2: how pathetic I am? I was on Instagram on the flight and I was like <laughs> looking up like pet chickens on Instagram. Like there's like pet chicken fan pages. I have eight baby chickens and a mama hen. All right. Uh-huh. I take care of these. I built them a little, I built them an enclosure at my place and, and I feed them and I like, pet them and I like do like daddy chicken stuff to them, like take care of them. And I've never felt like, I, I mean, I love animals. I have a cool dog. I mean. I've always been into it. I've always like wanted to be like a little pseudo farmer, and now I, I have I've taken on the role of, of chicken chicken dad,
1: and uh, yeah, so that's one thing I'm doing. We chicken we farming. raised eight chickens. Uh, we had one called Red. It would fly onto my wife's shoulder and hang oh out. Oh my god! I'll send you a picture. It would go swimming with the kids, bro. No, stop it. would it. jump in a little like plastic thing and just sit there. So that's what I want to
2: do. I want to have like a, I want to have a flock of chicky chickies. So when I walk out in the morning with some like bird feed and like chicky chicky chicky. Come, Come. Run I wanna like yeah. <laughs> feel I,
1: I wanna feel I wanna feel the love of poultry, you know? You know it's crazy because like I watch these little chickens grow up and I'm like, we moved into this people are gonna go, What the fuck are these guys talking about? You yeah. know, and I'm like, no, I'm a big chicken guy because we with the kids it's like a growing experience, it's like a pet. And then you get that egg from them and you're like fucking best egg ever because uh, it's you've from been gifted
2: them. you've been gifted an egg mm-hmm. thank you for taking care of me exactly. you get one of these every morning yeah are you serious <laughs> you get one of these a day i mean that's like i mean of all the animals that we have in our lives like dogs give you love cats give you nothing and then chickens give you eggs i'm just kidding cats give love too
1: no they don't uh, they're fucking assholes I <laughs> I mean, like,
2: like they, they take love they, they take it they demand it but 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 you don't get the you don't get the eyes of a loving dog now chickens chickens ask very little and they give so much in return it's a very it's 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 actually a very healthy relationship it actually feels almost unhealthy i feel like we should be giving them more they should be getting like gold studded <laughs> chicken like accessories
1: for, now, me, for all the gold that they give us in the form of yolk. That you have chickens, does it yeah. make you not want to eat chicken as much?
2: You know, it's funny you say that because I literally went into a, a dinner place the other day and I ordered chicken and I was eating it. Like, wow, I love charo chicken. It's so good. <laughs> I love it so much. And, but I was also thinking to myself, like, I would never eat my chicken. This is somebody else's chicken. This is not my chicken. I'm, I'm, I would never eat my chicken, children. So no, I would never eat my own chicken's Hey, That's my boy Wayne. Wayne, come here real quick. <laughs> hey, this is my boy Wayne. He's coming by. Hey
1: Wayne.
2: Hey, dude. Wayne's gotta sit, sit down for a sec. Sit down. Sit down. No, come sit Think down, Wayne. Sit. Yeah. This is this is one of my best friends. This is Wayne Stone. You gotta put him on the mic for a sec. Wayne and I have some crazy stories, and we're not gonna tell them all. But uh, Wayne is Wayne is actually Wayne first. Bring fish the mic with me, pretty
1: close to you, like pretty close.
2: Is it working? Yeah. Talk. Yep. Wayne first worked or fished with me. Uh, he chartered my boat back in 2018 for the first time. And of all the people that chartered my boat from when I was doing charters, he's, he's the guy who became one of my best friends. And we've been on a lot of grand adventures. He's actually done a lot of deliveries uh, on boats back and forth from Cabo. Are you a captain too, Wing?
0: I am not a captain. I'm just a father of five, flamed out <laughs> guy who just kind of he does a little fishing. bit of everything yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's not exactly. just a
2: father of five he's a father of six, six he has to yeah. play my dad he to play dad role with me like everyone's in a blue <laughs> room
0: as you probably know we're talking to him over the years you know what i mean it's uh he's my little brother you know <laughs> we've had some we've had some gnarly trips together
1: keep me the mic a little closer if you we've know. had some gnarly you can move it towards you like we've had some
0: gnarly trips together uh that's for sure a lot of great experiences did um, you grow up around here no, I grew up in Pasadena and then okay. went to high school in the Inland Empire. Okay. So I went to high school at Eisenhower High School in Rialto. Anyways, but, yeah, we've had some great times on the water, a lot of camaraderie, um, a lot of hairy situations,
1: but also <laughs> How about a lot this? of Give us a good a story. A lot of fun. Uh, about hairy, not, not, not saying, like, you can't rough, the hairy waters, rough waters. Rough waters.
0: Like, rough where you're like, fuck, screwed. So a couple of years ago, we were bringing a boat back up from one of, you know, the boats from his program that he runs, Stella June. And it was the middle of winter, and we were heading out of Cabo. We were about 60, 70 miles out and uh, carrying a ton of fuel on the boat because that's just kind of what we do to get those things up and back. And uh, the weather just got very gnarly on us. Um, It didn't help that we had a 500-gallon bladder up on the bow of the boat that was opening every five minutes because it was so rough. Now, now, no, 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 no. We got to say,
2: now, now, this had been gamed out not terribly. It was, it was, it was by and large a safe situation. Uh, we had it, we had it. No, no, it's no, no. Evan Salve. No. You're never in a safe situation on a boat. That's
0: 100% fact. Yeah. You know. Yeah,
2: no, no. We, we it, it was, it was, it was, it was contained. At least, it was contained for the so, most part. So yeah, long
0: story short, it got, pretty nautical out we took a pretty good domer over the bow Damn. um i was walking in the boat up to water up to my knees we had another mate who's still part of the team uh in the back of the boat like with the death of look on his uh, look of death on his eyes <laughs> uh he thought he was dying that day 100 percent. i seen it in his eyes um but we were able to get out of the situation and bring the boat home and that was only probably two hours out of cabo with another what that, that, that was did.
2: two hours out of cabo with another two days of adventure in front of us <laughs> right but no is that was a classic you know we we, we we when we do these transit runs it's uh the boats are heavy you know because we have to take a lot of fuel especially on the sienna which only gets you know 0. 0.3 miles to the gallon and for us to 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 get from from point a to point b reliably because we don't we don't always want to stop for for various reasons sometimes we'll stop but sometimes we won't want to stop um, on this particular trip we really wanted to make it to a certain point without having to go get fuel because I mean, you know, weather window things and just yeah, time wise yeah. stuff um but uh yeah we we, we 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 speared a big one and we put a lot of water on the boat but wayne being being the master that he was um
0: was when, when we threw it
2: when we it that he is <laughs> when, when we threw that i'm we speaking well, in past tense bro when, or when we put a few hundred gallons of water on the boat Wayne went, went back there and and lifted up a 300 gallon bladder off the deck to to make sure that we had a, a clear scupper in the back to dump it out of the boat hammered the boat down gave it full rpms made a hard turn you know down swell and were able to get her on plane but it's one of those situations where you know on the ocean especially when you're doing these transit runs and you're and, and, and you're carrying a lot of fuel and and sometimes you're stretched out and far away from any resources and and really anything you definitely have to move quickly and on your feet and you got to have the right guy yeah no he was great. quick. that's camping. the thing about wayne is he's always on his feet he always moves fast and it's good because our program moves fast and you need to have somebody that you know can kind of work at the same pace you know just problem solving wise as everybody else on the boat so what's your best
1: trip you've done with them like catching fish
0: wise catching fish with salve i mean we usually do pretty well every single time <laughs> but probably the most fish and the biggest quality we've we've caught in one day was out of san diego it was just me him and another guy phil who's like a local hanger out of san diego okay and uh um, I mean, we wrecked the tuna that day. I don't know, it was on his 23 Marin the whole okay. bow was full of tuna. Damn. We seen, you know, probably one of the greatest spectacles of, of foamers on the way home and, and all of us hung. He didn't even cast because there was, both of us were already hung and it was like, it's not even worth it because we're already trying to get home and we're already stocked <laughs> ourselves So, um, There's been multiple trips, literally every time we go, we have a good time, we catch fish. I mean, this guy's a professional, you know, that's what he does. How did so. you meet him? On a charter. Really? So 2018, he said that you bought you. you I bought a charter. charter. Okay. Right.
2: Never knew him before. That Never was like knew 10%. him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But we, what did we get? We got the biggest fish of the year for our boat on 2018. We got like a, like a, almost like a 289 or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. We got a, We, got, we a, got a big one back then, which was a big one in in that in that year. That
0: was a really nice one. So. And it just kind of, it just kind of morphed into like you know what I mean, a big brother, little brother. But obviously, he brings a lot to the table too, as well as coaching me up. Showing me things because I'm not a professional fisherman. No, no. I just know how to get well, shit that's done. That's why you, you, know you, what you, mean? you pay for a charter. Uh, exactly, like. exactly. So, we had a great trip with him on the charter. I brought a couple buddies with with me on that on that trip, and we hung a monster. And uh, from there, it's just been you know, it's been a wild ride since driving boats back and forth, dealing with uh, some of his previous owners, which have been a blast down in Cabo. Yeah, he fished with us in our last program, Chinito. You, mm-hmm. He he knows Davis on.
2: Who's, uh, who's a good, he's actually, we're, we're on great terms, but he's he's uh, he's also friends with Wayne because we had some, some grand adventures together in 2017 we and 2018 did. together. I so. love how he
1: says grand adventures. Grand oh, adventures no. yeah. I,
2: I, I can Let safely say. Let that take where you, where your mind where it wants, you know? No, I would say grand. I would say grand. I mean, the kind of stuff that when you sit around at night, we always laugh about it because it was so funny. It's
1: epic. It's yeah, like, yeah, it's grand. yeah, yeah. But, the, the, you, you know, the way you uh, talk about things is always very particular. It's... it's it's Bevan. Oh, yeah. You know, no, like I'm saying, no, like let, Evan says Evan things, you know what I'm saying? He's a brilliant and it's not a, kid. Yeah, exactly. He very is. brilliant. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, mentally, like he's on a whole different mind uh, mindset than most people. Yes. I think that's what gives him a lot of success on the water. I, I, I pay attention to a lot of things. Like that's my niche. You know, I, I really focus and see what's going on. I've been that way since I was a kid. And I noticed that in him, you know, he's very attentive. He sees things other people don't see. Yeah. Um, There's some guys out there that are really good. You know what I mean? They're probably on the same uh, wavelength as him as far as on the water, what he's able to recognize and, and make an adjustment to. Um, but yeah, it's just I think that all boils into who he is and what ah, makes him the captain he is. You know? Because he just doesn't stop. He's out there, <laughs> and the kid never stops.
2: I think so. I think my favorite, <laughs> my, my my, I love Wayne because you know when you got to do like one of those trips, that's like fuck. I need. We're, we're gonna. Do, it's like dead winter. We got to do like a big delivery. We got to do something a little. I mean, that that not all your boys are just like clamoring to get on that trip, you know. <laughs> like people kind of like sometimes they'll hold that trip for like, oh, I want to do that that greasy trip down in October, right? You know, but it's like, hey, I I really need a pinch guy right now because we're we're gonna bring one home in like in like February and it's gonna be cold the entire way. Wayne's the the guy that you call, who who will also do the super sick trips. But I'll have your back on the trips where it's like you really you need somebody qualified, you need somebody who's got a, a, a quick mind for it, but also a good attitude for it because so much of what we do is it, it, it's not just uh, it's not just like fishing and being fun. It's like sometimes you just need somebody who wants to do something that's this is going to be an adventure. You're going to remember it for a while. It's not going to be the most comfortable experience, but it's going to be interesting. Yeah, and that's like some of our best trips together have just kind of been those. This is going to be interesting trips, and, and, and those are the ones we remember, you know. There's definitely been days out there where it's like, nobody other than this guy. And it's like, I got friends who, you know, are bread and butter, born and raised professional fishermen. Like right? You know, and this is the thing about any fishing program. Yes. Everybody serves different roles, right? And, and when you're working within the scope of, of, of a 10 or 15 person extended program, I got maybe 10 or 15 guys that I'm going to call for different things or that want to call me for different things, and that's your extended program. Where where some of those people are going to be like your 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 lifelong 20 year ultra consistent professional 200 day year guys some of those guys are are you know mechanically inclined people some of them are are good interior guys who can who can whip up some dang food when you need some dang food whipped up or can help you with boat work yeah and then you got somebody who can just kind of float the whole spectrum and do everything really well but also kind of have the uh, I think the wisdom of, of being a little older than you, it actually helps a lot, too, you know, because. Oh, oh definitely. Oh my dude. God. It really helps because I work a lot with guys who are my age or younger. more are the younger bracket. You need somebody who's got that kind of next leg up to just help you with life issues because life issues. Life are issues is are a whole
1: different thing, totally. you know, like having that experience or being older and it, it might not even it might relate to something different where you're like, um, I've done this before. This is what I did in this situation right let's try to apply that to that totally
0: and i do feel that i bring that aspect to it um obviously we're on a boat we love to fish That's that's kind of our you know the, the backbone of the whole program but like evan said there is a ton more that goes into it i mean we've had some situations on deliveries that who knows what would have happened if we one of us oh weren't, weren't paying attention and didn't see Dude, that sort of thing yeah. you know what i mean it's just he saved it, us one night. You know, it's just a lot <laughs> it's just a lot of stuff. You know, there's so many variables that can happen on eight hundred miles from, you know, uh, Huntington down to Cabo yeah. with nothing nothing to save you, you know. So you just gotta be on your toes. You gotta you gotta pretty much see things before they happen, which I try to teach my kids that they're now starting to drive hey see that accident see that tire in the road before it happens you just saw you know? my
1: kid just showed up i'm like he's been in two car accidents he's had, he's yeah, had yeah. His, his license for six months
0: right right so that that, that goes into that right so my <laughs> daughter same thing i'm like you got to see that before it actually happens she's like what do you mean how do you even do that i don't know it's just something you got to see you know you got to know well
2: I, re- I remember the the, the one I, we were we were bringing a boat down and um, we were off turtle bay and we were doing a fuel transfer at like two o'clock in the morning and then we were probably, I don't know, maybe 10 or 20 miles, you know, outside or below of Turtle Bay. But definitely, you know, kind of in no man's land, pitch black, not a star in the sky. No, tight to no the mood. beach, though. Tight a, to a the little, beach. A little tight to the beach, you know, but we're just kind of on our direct course. And we were doing a fuel transfer in the middle of the night. And all of a sudden, out of pitch blackness, just a, a little ponga rolls up. And it's 2 a.m. I know you can accept, you know, there's catchy, always dude. people, there's always pongas down about up and down the coast. But 2 a.m. Not exactly asking for the attention, having a ponga roll up. And this wasn't just a ponga, this was like no, a very, yeah. a very Gucci'd out uh, setup for something ponga, right? And this guy kind of rolls up out of the mist. And you know, we need to buy about 30 minutes right now. We need 30 minutes. We got to transfer about 500 gallons of gasoline. And this ponga just starts kind of doing laps around the boat. And
1: yeah, and
2: Wayne just kind of just kind of starts chirping with the guy in a good way but just kind of hey you need you know you need this you need that the guy doesn't speak english he's just watching eerily right not like coming up to you like what up it's watching tracking, yeah yeah like and he's on
0: the bhf out. every now and then you know who trying knows to what figure out what's going on like yeah. who
2: are we and we're on we're on the stella june uh on the center which is all like it's got like a black tower and it's you know it's 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 a hard looking boat yeah you know you look at this thing and it looks hard and we got a hundred rods and reels everywhere. I mean our, this thing our full is low the years ultimate program.
0: score for anyone looking to <laughs> score, you know what yeah. I mean, in that region, hundred percent.
2: Oh and you gotta ask, I mean, they probably they also they don't see a lot of these big center concerts. They're used to seeing big sport fishers, but it's not every day that you see essentially a glorified Ponga. Right. And you know, it's it's there's things that happen on the Baja Coast. That's just of how course. it is. See, there's knows things that, that yeah. happen that we don't always know about, but it's just normal. It's how it is. But I think that, that Wayne was able to strike up a, a nice rapport with these guys, and there was good exchanges of mutual respect, yep. and some Gatorades, and some waters, and mm-hmm. it was- And a few and, lures. And, and, and some lures, <laughs> right. and, and just a general understanding that, 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 that they're gonna do their business, and we're gonna do ours, and everything's cool, and, and, and off we went into the
1: dark. But ha- that's how Mex, like, I remember we used I played in bands, we'd go tour, and then we'd go down there, and my buddy Dino ran it. So I remember pulling up, like, hey, give me 20 bucks. Everyone, give me 20. Right. How yeah. we cross the border? Like, well, well, you get it. Did you fill this out? No. Hey, here's 100 bucks, bro. All right, go, guys. Right, yeah. right. You just got to know how to play the game, right? Exactly. People got to
2: know how to play the game. And I think the biggest mistake, too, like Americans, listen, we talk a lot about like the, the elements of like localism and, and all these things that they pertain to fishing in California while, while, while simultaneously all shipping ourselves down to Cabo and fishing in their backyards as if we're entitled to it. And i think one thing i've learned having spent you know a good amount of time down there over the last several years and and trying to also integrate myself into the community from a respect standpoint and not just from a hey i'm here spending money standpoint um you know i think it's important that you 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 do pay attention to the fact that you are in a different country and this is not your endemic water And, and 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 we are transient in so many ways and and like wayne's been down there you know, also developing a lot of those friendships and those relationships, but also being able to like connect with these people as, as not just people who maybe work on your boat or not just people who work on boats around you, but also like these are, these are people with families and jobs and livelihoods and their own, you know, individual lives that, that sometimes, you know, coexist with our fishing programs. But there, it, it, you do need to be able to balance that and, and strike up a good rapport and, and treat people with a lot of respect down there as an American entering into their fishery and their realm. And a lot of times I think Americans just kind of had this idea. Oh, yeah, you got a bunch of money. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're just going to accept you because you come down here with a bunch of money and nice boats and you pay and you throw money around. They're going to like you. And it's like, well, yeah, you're going to be they will. They'll take your money and they will work for you. But actually getting respect within these communities, like any community, different, different, sport. you know, you got to walk softly. And I think that's an issue that you see a lot of times, not necessarily with California-based boats, because I think there's a longstanding tradition, but a lot of the programs that come into you know, Cabo San Lucas and Baja from, from Florida, from, from Florida like. and from, from Costa Rica and other places where they might not have spent as much time making these yearly kind of pilgrimages down. Um, and I mean, we could go on and on and on about that, but uh, I respect Mexican culture quite a bit. I, I, I almost, I, I'm down there. I mean, I, I'm as much, I almost lived there, like almost little, live there yeah, and, yeah. and I totally respect, um, the culture, not just it for its fishing and, and, and I would never throw any disrespect at, at, at Mexican culture. Cause I think that it's got a great family atmosphere. I think that, I think the communities are really strong, they're hardworking communities and, and the overwhelming amount of professional and personal interactions I've had down there have been largely positive. I trust people i have people on my boat while i'm not there all the time around all of our stuff like it's just it's 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 a shame that these things get so politicized
0: they get a bad you rap, you know you know yeah it's,
2: it's, it's, it's um, really a shame
0: and like evan said i mean i've been going to mexico for 25 years not nearly as much as Ev- time as evan has spent let's just say in cabo but a lot of time in puerto vallarta and my my wife's family's from mexico so we go visit um And it's just you show people respect especially in the fishing industry when you're making deliveries or you're in a fishing village or town you know that goes a long way you know you hear it's it's obviously everyone says that but like in mexico it really does because they feel the same way he just explained like a lot of americans are they go down there that's how they feel they pretty much categorize every boat or every american that they see that's new in that same categorization until you, provide, you prove them otherwise, you know what I mean? That's just the of way course. it is. Of course, yeah, of course. Um, and there's just so many different avenues and different ways to get things done down in Mexico with with relationship building, right? You don't need to have all the money in the world. Right. On a trip with Evan, we, sh- we cruised into Cedros Island one night, and they treated us like royalty in there. And no American boat supposedly can go into Cedros, right? Why is that? We had a we had a, a, a real uh, a local Mexican skipper with us from Cabo mm-hmm. who was a legend and knew all these guys. But still, uh, we we're you know, me and him were as American as can be and they treated us great, they brought us food, you know. granted I had whatever see I, I make it a point to take whatever I can. I work for Snap on, so I take product, you know what I mean? Socks, give it out, yeah, socks, yeah, 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 yeah. screwdrivers, little <laughs> stuff. <laughs> And they love that stuff, right? Because they don't get to see anybody. And when they do, it's like, oh, and then he gave, it's just something to remember you by. So now I feel confident almost three, four years later, being able to roll through Cedros, ask for the guy who I was shooting the shit with, right? And and have a good time in there. Or if something hairy happens, like where, where he just explained outside of Turtle, maybe hailing somebody on the radio out of there or something there's just so many different aspects you gotta be able to balance it
2: you gotta be able to be cool you gotta be able to like you gotta be relatable you gotta be human right there's basic human qualities that that just because you're in a different place that it does translate over you know i I think traditionally when you look at the sport fishing industry i mean there's no denying it that, that i think there's economically there's been a lot of contributions that the sport fishing industry has provided to to certain regions of Mexico, but there's also a lot of taking. There's always been a lot of taking and there's a reason why American operations aren't necessarily allowed to operate in certain parts of Mexico anymore because there's areas where that relationship became unbalanced, right? If you're an American boat that only rolls into an area, just takes a bunch of fish, drops the anchor on a spot, but doesn't give anything back to that community, of course there's going to be resentment. Imagine yeah. if there was a fleet of, of, of Mexican boats that anchored up in La Jolla and started taking all the prime <laughs> stops, taking a bunch of fish, and then just dip down below the border. You'd be livid, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's like the thing is it takes actual concerted, meaningful effort. So it, it's not, like, it, not going to be like one of these things where you are not allowed to operate here. No, but you do need to balance the relationship out. To a point where there's mutual respect and not just take 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 with no return in value people think that just because you go down there and you spend some money on gasoline or you do all these things you pay the government you think that any american vessel paying the government has any trickle-down effect to a local fishing community no that money disappears by the time it leaves that office yeah so so where's the trickle-down impact why why would any local fishing community in mexico ever want anybody who 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 was only coming and only taking to ever be allowed yeah. to operate? I totally empathize with them. Yeah. We would never tolerate that kind of behavior up here. Right. So so why would it be different? It's been unbalanced for years, and I think that in certain localized situations, I think that's why it's so important for people to always t- uh, apply the same level of 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 sport fishing uh, emotional intelligence that I think people put a big emphasis on here as far as respecting water, respecting spots and dis- decimation of information that same thing needs to be applied just as carefully and just as meaningfully in every fishing situation you go anywhere in the world. It's not just a California centric
1: thing you just gloss over it because you a, come and go otherwise. Exactly, it's something know? that's missing because these people don't have that experience, you know what I'm saying so it's easy just to be a fucking asshole, you know, and just do you and think about you and that's all well, I
0: think that, you know, the way of the world now, which is just way off topic, but a lot of people feel that, you know, they're, they're just entitled. That's just, that's sh- that's how it should be. No, you're in a whole different fucking country. Yeah. You adapt to how they say it should be. Right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, a lot of things is you just get out of your own goddamn way and just let it happen, you know, just Dude, enjoy right? where you're at. Yeah. Right. Just be respectful to people. And in Mexico, you'll get that back. It's not like here where, you know, yeah, you might get it back half the time and some guys will just be a dick because that's just how they are. You know, most people will be like, hey, oh shit, this guy's super cool, like let me help him out. And then Evan knows that better than anyone now, right? Because he's transitioned into a, a kind of a full time Cabo resident and entrenched himself in the community, now he's able to reap the benefits of that, those relationships down in Cabo, right? And before he did it. I'll be honest with you. I've seen him down there, and he's all—you know—he's <laughs> not the Evan he was or he is now, just because he might have been in a different mindset. But now it's just like—I mean—he's like a local Cabo dude now. You know, they they, they respect and that's, him. And
1: That's the thing <laughs> I've always liked about Evan. He's like, he'll tell, "Hey, you know, I—I I learned and I grew from something," and he'll be honest. Right. It's hard for people to be honest. It and be is. Like, hey, man, I yeah, fucked just, up.
0: Just—it's okay yeah. to say you fucked up, or you might have done something wrong this way before, and people didn't respect it, or you got a bad rap. And now you're different. That's all right. That's that's progression. That's change. That's yeah. life. If yeah. there's
2: one thing that's universal, I think amongst every human, whether they'll acknowledge it or not, is that you are a dramatically different person today than you were ten years ago. And that is just like there's not years a five oh, yeah. or two years that progression shit, you know? is like. <laughs> there's nobody who's going to escape that that shift that will always be a present part of humanity and, and, and the human experience. It's, it's, it's always going to be there. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, like you said, Wayne, Wayne, Wayne was down there the first years. Well, from, from the second year that I, was, that I was a part of a competitive program in Cabo, till now he's been down there, you know, every year as a part of it in some capacity. So he's, he's actually been there, not always as like a full-time guy, but actually as even a more valuable role, which is just somebody who's there Experientially to be a part of it and a voice of reason. So yeah, <laughs> oh, <totally. laughs> no, honestly like that <laughs> <Right?
0: laughs> When our relationship kind of started, you know, when we fished together It almost from the get was like a big brother little brother thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, not necessarily we talked about it, but I just felt like hey man, like I, I can offer this this kid a lot You know what I mean? He's very talented. He's got a lot of a lot going on for him But he just mentally, you know what I mean? He just needs a little more focus and a little more direction Absolutely. Um, and whether that had anything to do with me or not I just felt that we've had a lot of good times on the water together we've experienced some gnarly stuff you know that most people don't get to experience or even make it out of yeah um and it's good you know we enjoy each other on the water I mean, on land we don't really talk that often. You know what I mean? You, you see him mean. off, off camera. You, talk, you know what I mean? It's not. I'm a very private. Yeah, he's like a private <laughs> talk, guy doing his me, own you talk thing. To me you talking know more than, me. than most people. I'm sure I do. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> but he, he's he's grown a lot. I've yeah. seen it in the last four or five years. He's matured into you know what I mean? A, a solid dude, like you know, a, a captain that you can respect. And before, I be honest, he didn't have that. He really oh. didn't, especially down in Mexico. Probably here a little more, but down there they looked at him like a little punk ass kid. Who fucking, you know what I mean, was spoiled rich kid pretty much, you know, that whole persona. Um, but now I know that I see it. You know, you could see right away. Guys oh, come the up, they shake his hand, uh, respect. Age, dude, you I mean learn, it's just you know it's what I'm just saying? T-
2: it's just it's just time making efforts to build relationships. Time on I mean, the water, pretty, pretty it's much. It's time, time, time on there. water, but but it's it's emotional time, it's just time with people. I mean you can't people, you can't yeah. understate how important it is because time on there's a lot of blank, meaningless time on water as well. Yes. A lot of times, like within the realm of, of, of our industry. It's, it's actually time on the water with people, right? I mean, some of the, some of the greatest personal developments that you might have are gonna happen through, through a lesson with a person on the water, right? Because if, if you operated in a world where you're spending as much time on water as land, but the elements of time on the water are so closely entrenched with your friendships, and I think that's always a, a professional issue, that a lot of people like in in my position might encounter is this idea that a lot of your best friends also work with you. So all of a sudden you'll have friendships that are also professional relationships, which means that when professional relationships become challenging, friendships become challenging. And I think that that's one of the hardest things to find as a sport fishing professional is people, especially as an adult, when people start having lives and sometimes the only way to get somebody to come fishing with you is frankly to pay them. And that's just the reality of the situation. It gets hard to get people to come out. Sometimes it's people's lives just get cramped. Yeah. But one of the biggest challenges is being able to have professional friendship, right? Being able to balance it and say, you're both my friend, but you're also a, a professional peer of mine. And when we have issues, we need to be able to segregate uh, a professional issue from a personal issue. And it's fucking hard, man. And oh, I, say, I agree. That man. right it there is, is the is. most challenging thing of my career. If you were to say, Evan, what is the fucking hardest thing? in your entire career it is that right there it is is the amount of times that i have seen good personal relationships fall apart Mm -hmm. fall apart over professional differences or 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 (laughs) or disagreements on the water over even the most stupid mundane people are worked up because you had a fucking shitty fishing day and everybody felt like they lost money and tempers flare and people say dumb shit or you're just too fired up over something and you're saying something the wrong way like fuck I am the master of somebody who has at times in my life been way too passionate yeah. about what I do. Yeah. And I've definitely hit uh, relationship walls, especially when I was younger and in the biggest, most profound improvement in my life was really my ability to kind of, I think over the last couple years, I would separate, say a couple yeah. years to be able to really feel like, um, I could get to a point where I can separate and both be friends with my friends and also go fishing with my friends without. Without those blurred lines. Because fishing has always been so professional yeah. for me, right? Yeah. And it's like, fuck, man. It's so hard to go out there sometimes and just say, we're just fishing for fun. Yeah. You got to turn it off as a job. Yeah. It's fucking
1: hard. I, you I agree 100%, man. It's a, it, you, I live and learn. You get older. And it's just kind of. Uh, this one, we're talking about the California flyer, dead flyer. This tip is from Chris Monroy. <laughs> You're going to hear his episode later this month. He's an amazing dude. He's a buddy of mine. And I haven't got him on, but you're going to hear a little piece from him uh, on the PCS show. We got pretty, we had fun about that. So, this is a, he's another Phoenix guy. So, he gave us a recommendation. So, this is the first one is a fishing the dead flyer, California flyer on a kite, drifting. He uses two rods, the HAX720X4H. Uh, it's soft rod tip to absorb the head shakes, but enough backbone to kill them without hurting you. And the PhD X4H fast shut off, beefy, and just plain stupid. Don't high stick it though. A lot of people don't like the fast shut off, but he loves it. Thank you again, Chris. You're a big supporter of the podcast. Thank you again, Evan. All these guys use this type of rod. If you want to check it out, go to phoenixrod.com. Check it out at your local tackle shop. Thanks for listening, the, guys. You you get people to, to have you realize something like, you know, you did, Wayne, to go like, hey, man, you're fucking thinking about this wrong. You're doing it the wrong way. Right. You know you're just not thinking correctly. But, I mean, it seems like everything's going the, the right path now for you. That's the I mean, cool thing. and I, I uh, will know? say
2: as a young person, yeah, and if you're somebody who's, like, got a, a, a an obsessive, a clinically obsessive sport fishing, uh, you know, outlook or, or mindset, you uh, it will break you over the course of a decade. I promise, it will fucking destroy you, because the 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 always needing to, to, the the fishing is inherently competitive. I mean, you're always the, this need to always always achieve, to always complete the job, to to go out there and not catch, and and to gauge that against you know other people who are out there and maybe caught that day. It will break you as a person. It'll break you down competitively. It'll break you down personally. It'll break down relationships. And and any sport is going to have that issue kind of rear its head. Any competitive sport, yeah. there is the pressures of performance, right? And and, and and if it's your life, that means most of your compatriots and most of your peers are also gonna be in the sport, so you can't escape the, uh, the the burden of comparison. It's it's inescapable. But being comfortable with your own accomplishments and your own progression, you know? Way. Being able to, to, to both be friends with a fellow fishing captain mm-hmm. or a fellow you know athlete or something, but also compete with these people, it's fucking hard. And it's really, really hard, and that's like a big thing that young people who grow up in the very intensive side of this industry are going to have to grapple with at some point, is, is being comfortable with your own individual performance mm-hmm. and not feeling like it's fucking breaking you. And, and some of the darkest, most challenging parts of my life have, have been when, 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 when the pressures and, 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 and the competitive aspect of this sport and, 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 and the desire to always try to be you know, succeeding at some grand level, it, it weighs on you so heavily sometimes, and, it, and, and, it, and it's been—it's led to, to points where it's really broken me down emotionally over my career. And it's only—I've only felt like in the last couple of years, like I've really been able to to find like a, a nature of inner peace that uh, has allowed me to de-escalate some of uh, some of the intensity that that that, that at times that, that and this is the problem with intensity. And I and I'll, and I'll tell you the problem is. Intensity is a good drug, right? Shit's good, yeah. <laughs> Being hyper-competitive will absolutely compel you to some of the greatest victories of your life. Yeah. Absolutely. There, there, is, there, is, there is a nature where that intensity will allow you... The the, 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 the manic side of, 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 of hyper-passion is, is going to propel you to some of the greatest accomplishments of your life. But the inverse of that is also going to lead you to some of the darkest times. Oh, of life, I right? agree, man. I For agree, sure yeah. The inverse is what you have to be careful Even about. like,
1: I've talked to dudes and they go like, oh, you do a podcast, this guy does one. And you're kind of like, well, fucking, you know, like, he'll kind of fuck you on something or the, the podcast does, and you're kind of like, man, that guest is the same time. And I'm like, but you know, they're, they're doing different, something different than I am. And it's just like, when you go fishing, they're experiencing something different with you than they would with so-and-so whoever it um, might be and learning how to separate those two things is a whole nother whole nother oh, yeah like for example
0: now. quick story we went and got in and out like an hour ago right and we're, while we're walking out of the show i'm like we got to go fishing this week because i'm going to wreck you with halibut and sea bass, and he's like, I don't care, but he cares because that's yeah. what we do with each other, right? Uh, that's what we do busting, with each yeah, other, yeah. right? You we ball bust. That, yeah. It's about the camaraderie. It's yeah. about yeah. the competitiveness. Because ultimately, like for me, I played competitive sports growing up, baseball, like that was my thing. Yeah. And when I finished, I need, like, I was, I needed something to fill that void. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I always fished my whole life since I was a kid. Never really big in the saltwater scene until probably like the last 12, 15 years. Just because i couldn't afford it right I, I came from a family with really not much money when it comes to the sport fishing side of things yeah and saltwater fishing was always way out of the realm because it was so fucking expensive when i was growing up right so i was like oh go fish these rock quarries right here off the 605 or maybe you know what i mean oh go- you're
1: giving the spots away yeah right uh, they're all blown they've been
0: blown out for years uh, this was 20 years five years ago you know so uh so now being able to do this it, it, it's filled that void along with other things in my life but like doing it with some of the best guys to do it right especially on the west coast we're probably in the world yeah oh, that, for sure. that that keeps me going it like keeps me going like dude i got to get better because these little dudes are whooping my fucking ass <laughs> yeah. and i can't let that happen and not that it ever is i'm ever going to be able to beat them consistently but just that one time is all i need you know what i mean yeah, uh, I of did. course
1: <laughs> dude like i take my my son's here with this buddy and uh i let him fish we went we sculpt him fish. yeah you know, whatever we ran into a school fucking like mackerel. Yeah. So he's fucking roping my son and, him, yeah. And I see him look at his buddy goes, You catch what I did? Right, what right. What are you doing, dude? Yeah. Like just busting, busting balls or laughing. Balls, yeah. I'm oh. like, Oh, okay, yeah, that's that's it. That's like when you find that buddy they you get exactly. to go like uh-huh. hey, what are you doing? Why what are you just sitting there with the fucking rod in your hand, you and idiot? You know like A hundred percent.
0: Don't get me wrong. I mean they usually they always get, typically get the best of me. When I say they, him and his buddies, yeah, which are my yeah. buddies. But yeah. ultimately, once in a while, I have my shine, you know what I mean? Yeah. And when oh, I have yeah. that shine, they never, yeah. they never, yeah, ever, yeah, they I, get I the shine. No, but yeah. you know, then they get in my ass, you're, you're supposed to be a professional, you're a professional fish. And I'm like, wait, 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 no, I'm not. What no. are we talking about no, here? No, no, no. This is a professional friend here. Right? Yeah, 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 no. right?
2: yeah. Well, there was a day, I, 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 I'll give you the story. So we, we were out, we were at Clementi, and we were oh fishing. God. We were fishing, yeah, You was, gotta go there, right? Yeah, no, no. I think we was like, I was with <laughs> my buddy, like, was it Jake and like Kevin? Jake and Kevin. And I think, I think, or was it, uh, was JB or something? Somebody was out no, there. No, it's Jake and Kevin. Jake and Kevin. And Kevin. You yeah, uh, Kevin Stewart, um, a good friend of mine. He's also a, a great captain who fishes with us a lot. Yeah, it's, it's their partners on a new boat. Really yep. cool new boat. Yep. Um, but anyway, we were out fishing. We were fishing. We were fishing the backside of of, of Colmatti, and it was like you know spring and. We had a great day. We were just roping the l tail. It was like bird school fishing on the backside of Clementi. Yeah. So we were just throwing a surface side. It was very fast paced, classic kind of run and gun, fast paced fishing. And you know Wayne's back there, and he's he's kind of hanging in oh, there, but he doesn't, wanna, he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to throw himself on the battle boat. This is a small on a twenty three foot maritime, my old boat. Yeah, yeah. And you know he's not trying to really butt himself, so he's kind of making some pot shot yeah. back. And and I remember I'm looking back like, come on, Wayne. <laughs> Put fucking the rod dri- down. Drop the cat! come on, drop the cast, man. Like, you we're like tripled up on the bow. Wayne sits yeah, down yeah. Here. Come on, Wayne. Like, fuck, you know, under my, roof. come on, Wayne, fuck. You know? You no, know, come uh, don't get me wrong. No, pull it together up there.
0: Th- no. They could get their ribbing on me. No, and and no. It's, it's warranted because that day was a pretty pathetic day for was- me. Performance wise, he settled into the role of, of bleeding and gutting and, yeah, yeah. and kind of
2: just cleaning <laughs> the boat up in the back of the right, He right. settled into it. I
0: said, hey, that's the thing. I was just telling uh, some buddies of mine over here from Melton's, I was like, you know what? It's, it's just a different time nowadays because I grew up like dying to go on a boat to go fishing, right? I, like going on a boat for me was like the holy grail when I was a kid, right? Yeah. Or even a teenager. Yeah. So when I did ever get to go, like I told Evan, I'm like, dude. You should never have any crew member on your boat that doesn't have a fucking rag in their pocket or something, oh because there's always Clean, something yeah, to do on a boat. Yeah, always, right? So, uh, so to that point, you know, there's you gotta, been some, there's been some young groms you, you 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 on my gotta, boat that have underperformed fishing wise, and they're not doing shit as far as cleaning or doing anything. And I'm like, what the hell is up with the youth today, dude? Yeah, but hey, like, but you want to earn a spot on the boat, you better get your ass whole to
1: work. they're Put, oh my uh, yeah. oh, God! Wait dude. a second. Hang
0: on. Before so, we wait. move on,
2: I'm not just clowning on. You. We got to finish the story because <laughs> oh, I feel yeah, that at, at no, this yeah, point yeah. it sounds like I'm just clowning on him for not catching fish. No, so, no, I caught. So fish. We, we put a great day together and we're on our way home. And now, and there's you know we we stopped at the farm. You know what a farm is. Everybody knows what a farm is. So yes. we stopped at the farm. It's you know, maybe four or five in the afternoon, yeah, and yeah, yeah. nice afternoon. We got a little wind on it. The farm looks good. A little bit of little little birdage around. The farm been kicking out a few fish, and mm-hmm. got the right current, the right condition, and kind of line herself up where we like to fish there. And this guy comes up, just gracefully lays down a beautiful, nice little seventy-five foot cast right under the corner, and takes a couple of wines and, and and hangs like a twenty-five pound yellowtail right oh, there at the shit. farm. Yeah, and then we've been we've been. You know, we we're all high and mighty on ourselves for they roping were. a bunch of ten to twenty pounders. Now he's got a nice 25, 30 thirty pound fish, a nice farm fish, right. and he gets that thing. He puts the brakes on it. He he gets it away from the farm, and we stick a gap in. It, and that was the last fish of the day, the biggest fish of the day. But after all of our all of our uh, of, of our bow hogging and our right. and our and our grumbling that's all day, the, that's his contribution what makes it all. That's
1: yeah. like, Hey what we call beer big dicking. yeah that was the fish we all wanted that was the fish they all he wanted got, <laughs> he got the nice
2: 30 pound local fish and, and we got to you know piddle around with our with our school great island fish and you know and we, and we say we look at Wayne and say that's the
1: one that's that's the, the, one. the one right it's there, almost like so. the golf
0: analogy right where your last shot you hit a great drive and it brings you back some some something kind of like that but i'm coming back all the time anyway no so I, I, matter, i'm there know.
1: with you 100 i want to say thank you to evan For coming on. Wayne, thank you you for coming on. you kicking me off? I got fucking the kids and the family came (laughs) finally, (laughs) so I got to walk around with them. Oh my God. You're here. Dude, anytime you're fucking here, you know it's like, hey, if you go, Nick, I'm here. I'll be like, it's open, let's go, studio's ready. And I have the studio at home now, so it's like, dude, it's 24 7, done, ready. But there you go. I want to say thank you, Evan, yeah. so much. Thanks, Wayne, for coming on. Yeah, hey, no we're worries. I, yeah, by, I appreciate sniping. that. No worries, brother. No <laughs> you got Grab, grabbed, grabbed right through the fucking thing. I have to because yeah.
2: yeah. I, 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 I think of all my fishing friends, and, and it's and it's a, a, a wide, great, varied group of individuals. Um, I think that I truly believe from the bottom of my heart that this guy right here has actually been one of the unsung uh, heroes of, 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 a, of a grand portion of my life. And, and I don't think that... You know, you you would never know it, but 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 he's been like he's been there for some of the most memorable and critical and and important life moments, right? Like in, in times, like, kind of like what I spoke about earlier, right? When when you see the greatness and then you see the inverse, you see you see the moments where you just kind of got to work things out, or you got to talk about something, where you got to come to 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 a higher conclusion. You gotta you gotta you gotta talk to somebody who doesn't just know everything about reading an up and down or or, or throwing sardines in the corner. You need to talk to somebody who's, who's, who's kinda of raised a, Lived family a little life, you know. And, and and dealt with his own struggles as a professional athlete. Right. And, and and also seen seen different perspectives. So I, I value you our
1: friendship. Pro- you played something pro? Baseball. Really? Yeah, I for played who? baseball.
0: I didn't play, I got drafted by the Dodgers out of high school and then oh, I played no at way. University of Texas. Yeah. Oh wow that's baseball was sick, my thing. Dude. It just didn't work out. But you know that's the way life is. And that's kind of a you know, same thing with fishing is which I try to tell him. Look, every day you aren't gonna go four for four bro. You know what I mean. Every day you aren't going to hang every fish you hook, but every day could be a great day. And the next day, and the learning, your fundamentals, you're learning. You're right? Gonna, you're always you're going to come you're back and you're going to get them. That's just that's just the way it is. So, uh, I'm proud of the kid. He's he's a good buddy of mine. We're like little brothers. We've done some cool shit together. <laughs> I and appreciate I'm looking this game. I'm looking for a lot more adventure and fun and and shit talking. You know. Well, maybe next
1: time you guys could both come on. And we can get some good stories yeah. where uh, you did some trips and hopefully. you yeah, record, I think we're working on, we're yeah, yeah we're, we're, we're right working up. on
2: some cool things right now in Mexico I think the next time that we talk Nick uh, we're gonna be able to really go in depth on some some really cool kind of program oriented things that that I'm, I'm trying to build uh, you know below the border which I, I think are gonna be really fascinating so oh, let' us make a wait. point we'll, get, we'll wait, get back good. on there soon and, and we'll go in, into depth on some of those technical elements because I uh, I always love I love sharing them with you first so I, I thank, thank you, you again
1: like I said you've been a huge uh, help to this podcast Uh, Amazing dude. Thank you, Evan. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate you.